The Athene Real Talk podcast explores controversial ideas to stimulate debate and active thinking. These ideas do not always reflect Athene's personal views. Welcome to the Athene Real Talk podcast. He has been called the best gamer in the world, hands down. World famous gamer and philanthropist Athene. Gaming for good, it's called, has raised more than $20 million. Using his notoriety to raise money for charity. On activism, science, culture, and self-development. I'm proud to have him in the studio today. would not want to take you on in a video game. Reese, what he asks to people, and I'm also going to start asking you this, like, when you just focus on what you subconsciously find the most important in your life. What is it? What do you value the most subconsciously? If you have to put a priority list. Some people say family, some people say friendship, some people say being part of something, relationship, freedom, right action. And I was telling like Reese, like, yeah, I had an entire conversation about it yesterday on the stream. I asked like, what is it for you? And he says, right action. And he said like, back in the days, he was like really enjoying life, but he changed that quite quickly because he, you know, he was already happy enough. And it was also romantic relationship, but he also figured that out the hard way, that that was not most important. And he was then doing good, which then became more and more right action. I was like, yeah, to me, it's not right action. To me, it's making sense. And then I started explaining why that is and I never really talked about it the way I'm gonna talk about it now so that's why I think this is maybe very interesting but it will give you guys more insight than any real talk I've ever done about me it will make you guys really understand how I think on a fundamental level since I was very young and I'm talking about eight, nine, ten years. I was always thinking, what is the strongest foundation you can have as a human being? Because you can think about like, for example, um, friendship, for example. But what is the foundation? What is the structure? What is the strongest grounding? You can't really build an entire worldview and paradigm on just friendship. How would that even look? What is the map? What is the structure? Like, how do you go about it? And since I was very young, I always thought like, what is the ultimate foundation that you as a person, you can grow on and really create a worldview that is basically indestructible. And when I say indestructible, I don't mean like ego or all these things. I really mean like just, you know, very solid that nobody can come and wash away with arguments. And I know a lot of people think it's experience because you can't go below experience, right? When you really go down to really the basic, basic, what you are, what you have is just experience, that's it. And everything that you think, every word, every sentence, every structure, every concept is built on that. And then what you can easily get is things like the secret where you can control the universe with your ideas and with your experience. You can easily get, you know, in that alley. And uh, then when you then get confronted with really bad experiences, you really get confronted with the idea like, hmm, this maybe doesn't make any sense because, you know, even though I don't want to experience Spain, I don't want to be depressed. It seems that my experience is not the foundation of my reality. There seems to be something more that governs my reality. That's where my foundation comes, making sense. Even though you need experience, in order to even come to the idea of making sense. Experience itself requires a pattern. What we understand as experience is a very, very advanced pattern. It requires memories, it requires thoughts, it requires emotions, it requires 
everything we take for granted to even be able to think about the concept of experience. And that requires a very, very strong mathematical pattern. Without this mathematical pattern, I wouldn't even be able to actually express the idea of experience. You could still say uh, maybe it's still there, the experience, but in order to even, you know, quantify it or to verbalize it, you need very specific patterns to even be able to think about it. So when you think about experience being the foundation of everything, you go like, okay, experience is the foundation of everything. The problem with that is that it doesn't give you structure. It doesn't give you really something to build on. And therefore, when people think about it that way, they can very easily be misguided and directed into ways where they create existential loopholes that contradict each other because it doesn't fall in line with reality. And as a result, as much as you believe certain things, it just doesn't jive. You experience dissonance because it's contradicting ideas. It's contradicting on one end to say experience is the basic of everything. But at the same time, I experience things I don't want to experience. And this reality here that is seemingly part of my experience seems to dictate how I experience. And that is why making sense is actually the underlying mechanism that brings structure to everything and even our thoughts and our ability to speak and everything. And even though you can still argue and say you need experience to even come to that ID and constatation, it's two sides of the same coin. You can't talk about experience without the other. And that's where you go to the foundation of like, what was first, experience or reality? The thing is, you need both in order to have them express each other because a reality without experience, you can wonder to which extent there is even time and such, but experience without reality and when i say reality here experience without a pattern without a structure without a logical uh, pattern doesn't allow you to express that experience within a framework and therefore it's just non-cohesive it's non-structured non-physical and uh, doesn't materialize itself and it's basically just everywhere and nowhere at the same time. You can't really build on that. And that is where, you know, making sense comes from. It's basically the patterns that bring about our experience, like the patterns that govern our experience, the patterns that also govern our reality and govern everything we experience and we're part of. That is my foundation on a belief system. And what I value the most is making sense. And this is literally, this goes really back really when I was really a kid. I was completely fascinated and I was completely obsessed. I was obsessed with making sense since I was really young. And still, to the day to day, I'm still obsessed. But I wouldn't use the word obsessed because it doesn't make so much sense. But at the same time, when you think about it, the foundation of your reality has to be making sense. Else, even the, the expression of experience it doesn't make sense. You need a foundation that makes sense in order to build something on top of that, else it doesn't make sense. If you want to make sense, making sense has to be the foundation. Because if you take rationality and logic out of the equation, you can have all these different floaty belief systems and experiences that are completely different from person to person and you don't have a cohesive reality anymore. And at the end of the day, we all share the same reality. So if we want to be on the same page and think structurally, then of course, making sense, you know, is fundamental to our ability to communicate and interact. And it is. Our ability to speak and think and create thought is built on these patterns, but we take them for granted and we forget about them. And that's why when I was always thinking about what is the strongest foundation, logic, structure, rationality, 
basically to go back to me being obsessed by it, what it resulted to, like my obsession to making sense, was directly connected with understanding. Because when I saw things that didn't make sense, I didn't go like, this doesn't make sense. I was like, I lack understanding. Because if I have full understanding in what is going on here, then suddenly it will start making sense. My strong fascination with making sense and having a strong foundation in who I am resulted in me trying to understand everything. And if there was something I didn't understand, I didn't accept it. I went to bed with it. I thought about it. And there are certain things that I can bring up, like a lot of phases when I grew up that really kept me busy for so long. Like, for example, if we're inherently selfish, what's the difference between someone doing evil and someone doing good? It was something that caused so much dissonance. I didn't understand it. I was like, but there is a flaw. There must be a flaw. But with all my logic, I didn't understand where the flaw was. And it's only later that I figured out it's how you define the self. And that's where the logical fallacy is. And the thing is that it's been like that with everything. And I also talked about it a little bit yesterday. Like even when there was an issue or when there was a problem, I always had a drive to understand what was going on. Because if I didn't understand it, it didn't make sense. And the idea of something not making sense caused so much dissonance because that was questioning my entire reality, my entire foundation. And because of that strong drive of making sense, I grew to the person I am now. It has shaped me completely. And that's why I'm so inhumanly act like a robot. It's not because I am a robot. It's because I've always had a fascination and a strong obsession with making sense and who I am grew out of that and when something didn't make sense I had to figure out how to make it work and let me tell you guys how it actually expressed itself because it goes really very far when I was in a situation where something didn't make sense it's almost like I'm being uh, like a cloud is over me and pushing me and narrowing me down and I lose awareness almost like it's almost like an invisible wall I am unable to do something that doesn't make sense. It's almost like on a psychological, fundamental level, I'm unable to do stuff that doesn't make any sense. I experience too much dissonance. So if I'm confronted with something that makes more sense, I'm completely wired to just do that. Like I'm completely wired to just do that because else my entire reality breaks down. And that is why I am who I am. And even right action and doing good all is built on that making sense, that layer of making sense. That's why I also did the TED Talk, the TED Talk where I say from science you have a moral compass. You can have a moral compass from a scientific point of view. You don't need religion for that or anecdotal narratives or whatever. You don't need it. You just need to look at your evolution, your biological evolution and even the evolution of culture and, and history and understanding of how the brain works. It gives you so much insight in why we are what we are. And it makes so much sense to do good. It makes so much sense to actually contribute to society and see the world from a global awareness rather than from one that is just limited from my experience. And it's because that obsession and that fascination with making sense that I'm so structured. And that's why I can say anyone can come to me. There is very little that people can give me to shake me up because from the ground up, I built an entire reality that is built on the obsession to make sense, to be logical, to be really fine-tuned. And that's why in my entire life, I've never had 
someone that could come and shake me up. Nobody has been able to do that. Because my entire life was built around making sure that everything is structured. So if something didn't work, I really thought about it until I had to replace it or adapt it. And that is how I made the entire structure of who I am. That's why I'm so confident. That's why I am who I am. And the thing is that, that I take it for granted. I take it for granted that making sense is of course the foundation of everyone, right? Else it doesn't make sense. Like to me, it's, it's almost like when I look at people and they don't make sense for a long time, I couldn't grasp what was going on. I couldn't understand why people did what they did. And it's only when I started understanding neuroscience, same with Ian and, and Dean, the reason why they left and said, I couldn't understand it. I was like, but why? And it's when I understood human psychology and the flaws and everything that, you know, it started making sense and the dissonance was taken away. And I say it also, like when I talk to you guys, when I have real talks, sometimes I say stuff and then at night I think like, what is a counter argument I would give to what I said there? Because I don't feel like this is fully, you know, consistent. And then I have conversations with myself that go much deeper than the ones I have on the stream and where I really try to be extremely skeptical and I constantly ping point to each other. Like I can think for hours about something simple I said in the stream to make sure like, was this accurate or not? Is there a flaw in the logic? What if I say this? What about that? What about that? Whether it's about evolutionary biology or whether it's about vegetarianism or whatever or veganism, like I really scrutinize these things like crazy. It keeps me awake. Throughout my life, it has kept me awake. Like I've gotten much better at it and, and much more structured, but I'm just saying like my entire life has been a roller coaster of figuring out and making sense of the reality around me. And when things didn't make sense, I just had to figure out why. So yeah, I just wanted to explain this to you guys because when I explained this to Reese, he said like, yeah, but it's something you should really explain because it makes so much more sense why you are how you are when you see it like that. It makes so much more sense why you've become the person you are and why you are so hard to identify with. Because of course, if you go through life and you wanna make sense out of everything, of course, you become more and more machine-like. It's not because I'm a machine, I still have all the emotional mechanics and I still have the same brain. It's just my highest value, my obsession and my fascination has been making sense because from a very young age, I wanted to have the perfect foundation. And I always scrutinized it. And sometimes it was different. I was like, oh yeah, like it, it grew a lot and it has come to, to this. My entire life, my core value was making sense. And the reason why it's been my core value, and I even thought about making a draw my life and explaining it because just like you guys, when I was a kid, I wanted to make sense. I was asking questions. And I got lucky that my brother and a friend of a brother, we were sitting around and we had talks about that when I was eight years old. And when I was really young, I was already questioning and I didn't take no for an answer. I always tried to figure out why things worked the way they did. And if my father was angry or whatever, of course I asked myself, is it my fault? Of course, like you're young or whatever. But like I still had that drive to understand. And as I grew older, I felt like trying to understand and making sense was the, the way I could be my strongest version of the self was the way that I could really defeat everything. And as I grew older and older, it became natural, it became second nature. Making sense was just my drive. And every single question I had, I had to figure out an answer. I read books, I tried to tackle everything. And that's why when I look back, I have a quite structured life. But the world didn't make sense to me. 
but it's only recently, like literally like a few weeks ago when I saw the core value thing, where I started to go like, but wait a minute. When Reese was asking me like, what is your core value? I was like making sense. And then he was like, oh yeah, mine is right action. I say, but making sense is above that, right? I mean, like that's obviously the core value of everyone. And then all the other stuff, this is no. So like, what? That doesn't make sense. It's like, no, I checked other people. They all said different things. And then I was thinking like, but wait a minute. That's why people behave the way they behave. And I started connecting the dots. And I was like, this is the cure to this world. This is the disconnect between what we are and our belief system and our subconsciousness. Is making sense is not our core value. Laura Terry says, a teen might subconsciousness make the choices. Can you back the statement? Of course. Go look up where your emotions are. Go look it up. All your emotions are in your more primitive part of your brain. All of them. And your emotions, you experience them first and then you rationalize them afterwards. You think you're making conscious choices. You think so, but you don't. You're being fed emotions and fears and feelings and then you rationalize around it and then you go like, oh yeah, this is what I think, this is what I think. You think your consciousness makes the choice, it's the other way around. And the moment you realize that, you can start rewiring your subconsciousness and everything starts making sense. That's exactly when people are just sitting, say, I don't want to procrastinate, why am I procrastinating? Because you're not making the choices. It's your subconsciousness. If you were making the choices, you could just dictate yourself like a robot. Say, I want to do that and you do it. I want to do that and you do it all the time. But it doesn't work like that. You could just go to work and say, I want to work 14 hours a day and just work 14 hours a day. No problem. If you have a problem, you would just say like, I don't want this problem to exist. Gone. But it doesn't work like that. The moment you start realizing that your subconsciousness is in the real cockpit, then of course, you need to change your subconsciousness for your consciousness to be able to follow. And making sense your core value is so powerful. It turns you into a machine. And I'm the perfect example. There's people when, with 2 plus 2, like when I was playing poker, because it's the best example I can give. Like there's people that didn't understand how I could do what I did. They say like, this is impossible. I broke 1 million hands in one month. It's inhuman to do that. And I did it just like that. And it's not because I'm a machine. It's because my subconsciousness desires to make sense. So the moment I see something that makes sense, I just do it. I don't have a choice. I have to do it. But I'll give you one explanation that helps for some people. But it's just one way. There's so many ways of explaining it. It's so hard for me to really make it click. But like this is one way. Your subconsciousness is what makes the real decisions. And your consciousness is what tries to frame them and rationalizes them. But it's your subconsciousness that really is the drive to all your decisions. If you realize that, the way of making a core value yourself is making it attractive for your subconsciousness. And your subconsciousness is very childlike. It doesn't have advanced intellectual concepts and such. So you gotta really almost like explain it to your inner child. And that is really about fear, feeling safe, trust, warmth, love. If you really can convince that inner child in you that, you know, making sense will make everything go all right and will make you be able to grow and is a safe place and you can trust it to give you answers, your subconsciousness won't be as scared to adopt it. And that is the thing. A lot of people, when they think about oh, absorbing making sense as a core value, they think too much rational about it. But it's not a rational thing. It's more an, an emotional thing to absorb it. Like your subconsciousness doesn't even understand that. Some people can do it like that though, but it's a small amount. Safa says that, you know, you're not making an assumption that sense making as a core value is an objective thing. No, it's a rational, it's a logical thing. And the thing is, what you say there, it is subjective, yes. But the beauty of the brain is that our brain is quite mathematical. Even language is quite mathematical. So if you want to make sense, 
when you experience dissonance, right? When you have two contradictory ideas, why do you experience it? Because your brain is mathematical. Your brain wants to make sense because that's the foundation. That's what brings about reality and what has brought about you. So on a fundamental level, you do make sense, but you just don't understand how or why. So your subconscious part says you want money. No, your subconscious part doesn't say you want money. Your subconscious part doesn't even know what money is. Your subconscious part wants safety and translates that to your conscious part and your conscious part goes back and says, oh, money gives me safety. And then your subconscious part connects money with safety. And then whenever you think safety, it will trigger the uh, idea of money. And that's how it works. Your subconsciousness works with very primitive drives and that's it. Green D says, Atin, don't you think people should get a bigger scientific, philosophic and overall knowledge before claiming they make sense? Nope. Making sense, you can do it without having too much knowledge. Because making sense drives you to find knowledge. And as we live in an information era, it's easier than ever. If you experience dissonance, you look it up. You try to understand it. That's the beauty of it. Subscribe to youtube.com slash wins. Watch the live stream at twitch.tv slash live. And follow the real Athene on Snapchat.